Hey, good morning. Happy Monday. Welcome to another podcast episode of The Daily Mind. It's me once again. Um, how's everybody's morning going so far? Um, starting off the week, Christmas week. Uh, less than uh, about a few days, it's going to be Christmas. Hopefully everybody gets what they want. Um, and if you don't, then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, let's let's kick right into it. So it's Monday. Uh, for those new listeners out there, every Monday I do what's called news out of a hat, where of course not in the CNN, Fox News type anchor fashion, but I'd sit there and I pick out some news throughout uh, throughout the internet, what's going on, what's happening, celebrity, worldwide, whatever, and I put my two cents into it, and of course I make my little critiques or whatever the case is. Um, and it's usually a decent episode. I get a decent amount of people listening to it. So I did say, like, if I had enough people listening to news out of a hat, um, this little sub show I have within a show, podcast, um, I will keep it going. So I woke up to uh, some news this morning about how some random woman uh, burglarized Robert De Niro's house in Manhattan, right, with him still at home and started, like, fucking up all his gifts under the tree, Right. So I'm looking for the article now, but it came across and I thought I was just like, you know, what the fuck? Who does that? How do you how does she even get in the house? Um, I'm going to read it right now. <laughs> it's um, it's literally a Grinch that tried to steal uh, Robert De Niro's Christmas. Uh, so there's an article from The New York Post I just found. Um, <laughs> known burglar caught redhead at Robert De Niro's New York City townhouse. Um, a receptivist burglar was caught rifling through Robert De Niro's Upper East Side townhouse early Monday, fiddling with the actor's iPad and grabbing Christmas gifts around the tree. The 30-year-old woman, identified as Shanice Aviles, crept down a stairwell leading to 79-year-old De Niro's townhouse um, on East 65th Street near Park Avenue around 2.30 a.m. Uh, eagle-eyed officers with the NYPD's 19th Precinct have spotted her uh, a known burglar with more than 25 arrests on her rap sheet trying to open doors to commercial buildings before she entered the townhouse, according to sources. Um, quote, she was caught uh, caught stealing Christmas presents. Um, the cops trailed her into De Niro's building and found her on the second floor, fumbling around with the star's iPad. She was stealing Christmas presents, a police officer added. Um, there are photos of De Niro all over the house, according to the sources, but the actor himself was nowhere in sight. He was upstairs and his daughter was in a bedroom, according to sources. Um, none of the residents knew what was going on and she was busted on the scene. Okay. So you got this burglar, right? She's basically a page out of the sticky bandits from home alone who goes around stealing things. And with over 20 prior arrests, this is New York people. This is New York in its true fashion, catch and fucking release. How many times is it going to have to take for this woman to burglarize a home or do something worse before she's thrown in jail and then probably released quickly from jail. I don't know, man. New York, we got to do better, man. That, that to me is unacceptable. I don't care who it is. You got to do better, man. When you lock somebody in, you need to lock, keep their ass locked up, especially a serial burglar such as this woman. You know, you, you might want to just keep her ass locked up, right, for, for society's sake, for her sake, before somebody ends up clapping her ass. And then she'll be in the forever box. All right. So, hey, moving right along to uh, um, another story here. 
let's see. Yeah, I do not want to see that. Uh, what is that? No, we're not going to see that. Uh, let's see what else we got going on in the news. Oh, Argentina wins the World Cup. Congratulations to Argentina, right? Uh, no, Argentina is one of those countries that are known for football or soccer, as we say. Um, I don't watch soccer, okay? I don't watch it, but it seems exciting when somebody, when another country wins. You got the whole world battling each other, kicking a ball. We haven't seen anything uh, uh, world battle each other like that probably since World War II. I'm joking. I'm joking. But, um, yeah, it's it's just something exciting to see the world come together and everybody shows their pride of nationality, representing their country, being proud of their country. And for those who didn't make it to winning the World Cup, it's still a big feat to even make it that far and getting all that attention for your country and, you know, representing them. Right. So I guess congratulations to Argentina on that one. I'll see what else we got. Uh Last week I did this. We had there was a lot of uh, nonsense going on in the world, right? So, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, here's a little interesting story again from New York. Um, it says the the headline is how a 26 year old Dominican coffee entrepreneur lives on twenty five thousand dollars a year in the Bronx. Now you know New York City is expensive, very very expensive. Living on $25,000 a year almost seem impossible, right? Well, let's dig into the story and see how he does it. And it says, uh, he said he just makes it work. That's crazy. So um, Henry uh, Carvajal lives to hustle. He doesn't know any other way. He saw it from his neighbors growing up in the Dominican Republic and then stateside where he was eight and his family moved to the Bronx borough of New York City. His mom's first job in the U.S. was cleaning tables at McDonald's, and his dad drove a cab. As a teen, Carvajal saw people selling candy on the subways and at school, so he decided to try it too. As an immigrant family, quote, we got for it, we go for it, he tells CNBC, make it, quote, it's a sense of hunger and a sense of drive. We don't come here with anything, so we're trying to build something. So uh, he steered himself towards studying business marketing at the University of Rochester. And in 2019, he brought a class project to life as a real business. He took a leave of absence from college with one year left to graduate to focus on it full time. Today, he runs Don Cabajal Cafe, a coffee roasting company out of South Bronx that sources his beans directly from his homeland of the Dominican Republic. Uh, from January to early uh, December of this year, his business has bought in roughly $190,000 in sales. From that, he lives off a $25,000 salary. Quote, I just make it work the same way my mom made it work. He now he, And uh, it, it goes into more detail how he managed this. That is literally right there the American dream. It is absolutely the American dream. You know, you come from something, you make, you come from nothing to come here to make yourself into something. That is big ups right there. And and it's, you know, a lot of people from other countries aspire to be here. Like, we take this country for granted. I'm going to say, I'm going to just call it what it is. We take this country for granted. We want everything handed to us. People from these other countries who have absolutely nothing, um, not a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of, and they come here and they make it work. This man right here is a perfect example of the American dream. The American dream is alive and well. But the problem is some of us just don't sleep to or dream, right? So, I mean, there it is. That's an inspiring story right there. If he can do it, anybody can do it. 
every day is a hustle now. Everybody has a hustle, whether it be OnlyFans or TikTok or making coffee in the Bronx. Everybody has something going on. This The future is going to be entrepreneurship, which is why a lot of these jobs have a hard time keeping employees because people know their worth and they're like, yo, I can do something more than just sitting here making venti coffees for a bunch of yuppies at Starbucks. I'm just, hey, that's what it is, right? So you just got to find your way. Um, and of course, a sad story from Japan. Um, the story of Ash and Pikachu is coming to an end. Over 20 years of Pokemon of Ash and Pikachu and Ash trying to become the world's Pokemon champion, whatever you want to call it, right? Sorry, anime fans, if I kind of fucked up his title. But nonetheless, he finally became that Pokemon master that he always wanted to be, which took over 20 goddamn years. So now they're concluding the story. It's done. He already accomplished what he needed to accomplish. And I agree. You know, I mean, I stopped watching Pokemon a long time ago. I think once it went over 150 original, 151 original Pokemon, yeah, I was done. But nonetheless, he finally got what he wanted. So the story of Pikachu and Ash comes to an end starting in January coming up, and it's going to make room for a new protagonist and a new storyline. Maybe Ash might make a cameo appearance. Maybe it jumps into the future where you see an old Ash Ketchum like almost like Professor Oak, he might be Professor Ketchum, right? Because he has he will have such an amassed um, bit um, of information about Pokemon, especially Pikachu's, right? So who knows? He might just pop up to be the next Professor Oak, right? I guess we'll find out soon enough whenever it happens or whatever they got uh, planned over there at uh, Nintendo, right? We'll see what happens. Let's see what story they, they have. Uh, let's see what else we got going on in the news today. Uh, let's see, just kind of going through here. <laughs> let's see, I don't want to know about Sean Paul. All right, Sean Paul's so 2000s. Um, <laughs> let's see what else we got here. I'm just looking up some news as we go along here. Got about 20 minutes to do this, so let's see where this goes. Okay, uh, oh, this guy, Elon Musk, man. Every damn day I hear about Elon Musk and Twitter. I think. Him getting Twitter was probably the biggest mistake of his entire career. I don't know, like, what this man... I, I think a lot of people hate on this man because of the simple fact that he's rich and he could just buy whatever he wants, do whatever he wants. The man's got a tunnel under Los Angeles. He makes flamethrowers, electric cars, rockets that go into space. The man can do it all. He's literally Tony Stark. And I think a lot of people hate him for the fact that he could do... Or they feel like he could do more for humanity itself. But who knows? All right, so right now... Um, it says Twitter users voted in a poll for Elon Musk to step down. Then Snoop Dogg made his own poll. Now Snoop Dogg is everywhere. I, I that man is not a place that man is has not been yet. Snoop Dogg, <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, so we'll get into this story real quick about Elon Musk. Um, of course, this is from CNN, Washington. Uh, a Twitter poll created by Elon Musk himself asking whether he should, quote, step down as head of Twitter ended early Monday morning with most respondents voting in the affirmative. Musk has said that he would abide by the results of the unscientific poll, which began Sunday evening um, and concluded with 57.5% voting yes and 42.5% voting no. So it's almost like a split decision, right? Uh, more than 17 million votes were cast in the informal referend uh, referendum 
on his chaotic leadership of Twitter, which has been marked by mass layoffs, the replatforming of suspended accounts that have violated Twitter's rules, the suspension of journalists who cover him, and a whiplash policy changes made in reverse in real time. He did not immediately react to the outcome of the vote. Um, so he did say, he said he will step down based on this. Now, I don't know if this dude is just trolling. You just spent all this money to buy Twitter to only go by an unscientific poll to then step down. Doesn't make a lot of sense. I think what he'll probably do is take these polls and see how he can improve on it. Obviously, a lot of people, celebrities, um, younger people hate the idea that he's running this, especially also he's letting back controversial figures back into Twitter, such as, um, you know, uh, Donald Trump and Tate, that dude, you know what I mean? That, that one dude, Andrew Tate, right? Just letting back and they like, oh, you're letting back all these toxic people. You're going to ruin Twitter and this and all that stuff. And then, uh, listen, Twitter is what it is. I think the best way to like, like not deal with Twitter is just don't go on fucking Twitter no more. If you don't like the fact where Twitter is now, just unsubscribe to it. That's it. Now, if you make a living off of Twitter, I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, social media influencers, I'm pretty sure, who are making money off of Twitter and they just feel threatened. I don't know what to tell you. There's other platforms out there you could uh, you can do. Um, oh, and then now we're moving on to South Korea. Um, there's a story here. South Korea's middle-aged men are dying lonely deaths. I don't know why, but I'm going to get into it and find out. Uh, South Korea has a problem. Thousands of people, many middle-aged and isolated, are dying alone each year, often going undiscovered for days or weeks. This is Kadoska, or, quote, lonely deaths, a widespread phenomenon the government has been trying to combat for years as its population rapidly ages. Under South Korean law, a lonely death is when someone who lives alone, cut off from family or relatives, dies due to suicide or illness with their body only found after a certain amount of time has passed. The issue has gained national attention over the past decade as the number of lonely deaths increased. Factors behind the trend include the country's demographic crisis gap and social welfare, poverty, and social isolation, all of which have become more pronounced since COVID-19. Um, I think Japan has this problem, has a similar problem too. Um, there's a lot of these countries that rely on the population of their country for national security, finance, economic. Um, if like, for, for example, if everybody stopped procreating, right? Making babies and stuff, it would probably be an economic collapse, right? We need more people. We already got 8 billion fucking people in this world. We don't need any more people. Not saying that what they're doing, what's happening is good or bad, but you know, a lot of countries are taking that step where they, or they're seeing um, their population is getting older which means if the population is getting older, that means people are not having kids and there's no younger population, right? Italy was one of, is one of those countries which has the num highest number per capita of elderly people. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of them passed on during the COVID-19 pandemic, where Italy, I think, was one of the hardest hit countries out there. But I don't know. I mean... I don't know what to make of this. I don't know what would be a solution to this lonely death syndrome, um, lonely death issue. I mean, can it be perhaps maybe you could find these people companions or just maybe there's there's a reason why they isolate. They don't want to be dealing with family. It's, it's, it's a much deeper rooted issue. I think I don't know if the government can even try to figure out. 
but we'll see where they go from there. But it seems to be a big problem, right? And 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 I don't know if I see a solution in sight. Um, and in this, you guys uh, here back in the states, um, what we're about to have what's called a bomb cyclone. Now I don't know if you guys track the weather, but it's supposed to be this ridiculously crazy Christmas type storm that is supposed to plunge a good portion of this country in some below freezing temperatures. Now, you remember what happened to Texas about a year or two ago. Texas is not known for being very cold, but it was a phenomenon where Texas got hit with this Arctic blast and had these this crazy snowstorm, and a lot of people froze to death. The power grids failed. Um, a lot of people were trapped in their homes. A lot of people didn't have heat. Again, Texas is not built for this, and Texas is unique in the way that they are on their own power grid they're not really connected to the overall power grid in this country so it was kind of hard to get them back up and running while this was all going on but i'll read a little bit more into this bomb cyclone i hope a lot of you especially in texas and the midwest are prepared for this because what i'm seeing um ooh, it's going to get very bad especially in the midwest um the, uh, here's the story here. Uh, uh, Arctic blast this week brings the coldest Christmas in nearly 40 years for millions. Take note of this. This is very important. Um, it says here, the coldest air of the season by far will dive down from Canada, bringing dangerously cold temperatures to millions this week. Temperatures will drop so low in some places that frostbite could begin as little as five minutes on exposed skin. Temperatures are already cold to start the week across much of the northern tier of the country. Um... It also says here, but this is only the beginning of a brutal week that will get much, much colder as temperatures dive 30 to 50 degrees below normal. Um, like I'm telling you right now, I saw my five-day forecast for here in uh, Clarksville, right? And I couldn't believe the temperatures we're about to experience. I kid you not. I've never seen any shit like this. On Friday, oh, let me, I'm sorry, Thursday alone, this is crazy. The high temperature for here in Clarksville, Tennessee, the temperature for the day is 52 degrees. The temperature at night is 5. I'm going to say this again. The temperature on Thursday during the day is 52. The temperature is 5 at night. The dramatic change in temperature is going to cause such a disrupt um, disruption here, like pipes bursting. I already told my wife that we have the heat on running every day here. Okay. Those, if you're here in this area in Clarksville, I highly advise you to keep your heat on and keep your pipes warm because something like that from 52 to five can more than certain burst your pipes and you're going to have a serious problem. The following day, check this shit out. The Friday or that Friday, the highest temperature is 14 and during the day and it's six at night. So you went from 52 to 14. This is how dangerous, and we're talking Tennessee. So imagine other places like northern Texas, Oklahoma. I'm telling you right now, you you, you know, it's going to be something serious. So this is a really big deal. And nothing has been, it has not been seen in like 40 years. Okay, so for my Clarksville listeners, which is the majority of you, I highly advise you to prepare for what's to come because winter's coming. It's coming. I'm not talking about some great Game of Thrones shit. I'm talking about some real winter here. All right, so yeah, just be prepared for that. I got 10 more minutes to this podcast. Let's keep it going with some more stories. Um, 
All right, I'm telling you hearing about Sam Bankman, you know, the, the FTX guy. That guy is about to go to jail for a long time. You better hope nobody don't kill him because a lot of people lost money because of him. So I'm not even going to get into that again. Uh, let's see what else we got here. We got 10 more minutes uh, this podcast. Uh, let's see what else we got. Mm, give me another story. Come on, give me something. Give me something. Give me something. Give me something. Uh, oh, this is what caught my eye last night. Um, this flight um, heading to Hawaii. I think it was going to Hawaii, right? Let's see. Five hospitalized after plane hits turbulence on United Airlines flight. Now, planes hit turbulence all the time, right? But this particular flight had some severe turbulence. It, it really kind of messed some people up, right? Um, so here, five hospitalized after a plane hits turbulence on United Airlines flight. Uh, flight turbulence injured 36 people on Sunday on a Hawaii Airlines plane. So paramedics responded to George Bush Intercontinental Airport in Houston on Monday morning after five passengers and crew members were injured on a United Airlines flight. United Airlines said five people total were met by medical personnel and taken to a local hospital with minor injuries due to unexpected turbulence on flight United Airlines 128. Two passengers and three crew members. Uh, they captured camera um, KTRK cameras captured video of several ambulances outside the airport. Uh, the flight was going from uh, the flight arrived at IHA from Rio de Janeiro, and they're learning learning more about this. Listen, I'm gonna tell you right now. This may sound weird, but I love plane turbulence. I love the fact that you have science, you have mechanical science working against natural science, right? I, if you haven't known, I'm an engineering nerd, um, especially when it comes to transportation products like planes, trains, and automobiles, but. I like the fact of a plane hitting turbulence because not only does it take for the mechanical aspect of the plane to weather that, but the human aspect of controlling this big mechanical vehicle, right? So you were fighting the forces and stuff, the dips, the ups and downs, and people going, oh, oh, it, it just drives, I, it, it just, it does it for me. It makes my, it, it makes me smile. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but it makes me smile, especially when we out the turbulence. Now I can't smile if like, we don't get out the turbulence and we hit the ground, you know, no more smiling, but for the most part, um, you know, it's, it's dangerous planes going through turbulence, but there's nothing you could, you know, it, it happens, especially wake turbulence. You're going through wake turbulence from other airplanes. Um, it's also very dangerous. In fact, um, real quick, we had a plane that crashed in bell Harbor, Queens, November 12th of 2021, literally, two months after 9-11, and they thought it was a terrorist attack. And what it was was that a 747 took off, and then this other plane just took off right directly behind it. And what happens is you get a big plane like a 747, right, is going to create such a violent wake turbulence that anything behind it is going to get, like, thrown off course. So the plane behind the 747 heading to the Dominican Republic, its um, elevator broke and it crashed literally into this neighborhood. It killed five people on the ground and everybody on the plane. So turbulence is dangerous. Just don't listen to me. I'm just, I'm just a mechanical freak, right? All right. So moving right along, uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, let's see, see what else I can muster up real quick while we still got a little time on this podcast. Uh, news out of a hat is just one of my favorite segments because again, um, you just find the craziest news. And then you just, you know, read it, right? Um, let's see what else we got here. Mm. Oh, okay. I think this is uh, Trouble in Paradise. I'll choose this story right here. 
Um, Jamaica reimposed state of emergency. Tourism industry threatened by high crime rate. Um, says here, um, Jamaica's state of emergency may threaten its tourism industry as crime continues to increase in the country and local authorities struggle to clamp down on it. Quote, that is all the government is trying to do, Jamaican Prime Minister Andrew Holness said, adding that Jamaicans, quote, have to hide under their beds, hide their daughters, can't go to church, and they see their sons and their boyfriends and husbands killed. That's the reality. The U.S. State Department on October 5th issued a level three travel advisory indicating that Americans should, quote, reconsider uh, travel due to an increased risk of crime in the country. The advisory noted that, quote, violent crimes such as home invasions, armed robberies, sexual assaults, and homicides are common, and that sexual assaults occur frequently, even at all-inclusive hotels. Now, I know in Dominican Republic, there's been some mysterious disappearances and stuff at the resorts. Now, usually a lot of the crime that's happening in Jamaica is usually not in the resorted areas, but you know it's bad when a lot of this crime is happening in the tourist areas. And Jamaica's going to have to do something about it because they rely a lot on tourism, especially from America. If this doesn't clamp down, they're going to see an economic collapse. Haiti's going through it right now. Like they had a coup um, about a few years ago. They have no real stable government. And anybody that wants to go travel to Haiti for vacation, they're going through the same thing. So, you know, American money is a really big deal um, or just money in general from anywhere for these countries is a big deal. So hopefully they, they fix this little problem or big problem really, really fast. So um, hopefully they, they, uh, they get it done. Um, uh, here's a, here's a funny little story real quick. Um, topless Argentina fan could face jail time after celebrating world cup victory. Uh, Qatar customs are very conservative, especially for women who are told to wear, uh, told not to wear revealing clothing. So it says here, one Argentinian fan celebrated a bit too hard in Qatar when Gonzalo Montiel kicked the, in the penalty, uh, kicked in the penalty kick that won the 2022 World Cup on Sunday and could be facing jail time. The woman was spotted by viewers of the match taking her top off in celebration of Argentina's victory over France in a penalty shoot. The woman was escorted from the stadium following the bold move per the Daily Mail. Uh, tourists traveling to Qatar for the World Cup were required to respect the country's customs, which are very conservative for women. Uh, quote, visitors, men as well as women, are expected to show respect for local culture by avoiding excessively revealing clothing in public. The Qatar Tourism Authority said it is generally recommended for men and women to ensure their knees and their uh, shoulders and knees are covered. Yes, I, I'm all about respecting other people's cultures. And, and, and people here in the U.S. get mad like, oh, I don't see what the big deal is, you know. It's a fucking big deal. That is just, that's their country. One thing about us Americans is that everywhere we go, we expect it to be like America. Wrong. Okay, I could tell you from experience. I traveled in Europe extensively. I was stationed out there. And I'm going to tell you right now, that bullshit you pull here in the U.S., in certain places ain't going to fly. All right? You have to be respectful of other people's countries. You would expect tourists to be the same way when they come here. So somewhere like in the you know the UAE or Saudi Arabia where they are very conservative about these things, you just can't go and do that. You really have to think about what you do, where, where you go, and what you're going to do there. You have to do research. Anywhere I go that's new, even if it's here in the States, I'm going to do some research on it so I don't get caught up in some nonsense. So she's going to face jail time. I don't know what her country's going to do about it, but I can tell you right now she deserves it. It's as crazy as it sounds, she deserve it. I'm sorry. You you cannot just go to other countries doing dumb shit. Now, if that was in Argentina, it'd be different. 
but you have to respect what that what these people are about that's just what it is okay so you just cut stop doing dumb stuff abroad i'm telling you stop it you see what happened with britney griner right bringing drugs over and then you see how what that did with her it kept the 10 10 months in a russian jail you just cannot do shit like that this is not that's not america all right so hey let me say i got about another minute maybe i can find a quick little story uh a cat goes viral after being surrendered for wanting to cuddle Okay, so real quick, it says Ellie, a four year old black and white cat in Virginia, went viral on Twitter for her sad life story. Y'all, this is the saddest thing I ever seen, wrote Twitter user on December 12th. This cat was returned to the shelter because she wanted to cuddle her owners at night. What the fuck? So, wait a minute, let me get this straight, right? And again, this is from uh, the fuck, Virginia? God damn it. So, you mean to tell me that the cat gets returned i, I want to make sure i read this right that the cat was returned to the shelter because she wanted to cuddle her owners at night who the fuck does that I, listen i get a cat from a shelter that cuddles with me i'm cool with that why would you want to re- okay i'm gonna stop right there because i only got a minute left look if you get a cat from a shelter or a dog or any pet love that pet love thy pet do not return it because it wants to cuddle or because it peed on the floor because I don't know what your intent is than having a pet. You need to reevaluate yourself, Virginia. You, you really took an L on that one. Hey, so listen, this is the end of the podcast, uh, Daily Mind. Thanks for listening. Um, of course, we'll try to do this again tomorrow um, if I'm not too busy. I'm on leave, but still, you know, I got things to do outside the realm of this room. So I do appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to this unusual podcast. And um, keep listening, especially uh, uh, my Texas listeners. You guys are really... Um, supporting pouring the, the, the support um out there and also please answer the questions that i put on these episodes right i usually occasionally do this right and tell your friends all right thanks for listening to daily mind i'm your host we'll do it again tomorrow ciao